0: Hello and welcome. This is Autism Society of Berks County, Inspiration and Impact. I am your host, Carol Spencer, and we are here today to continue a discussion that we started on what is autism, and I'm I'm very happy to have Angela Lawrence back with us. Mm -hmm. She is the parent of a two-year-old son who was somewhat recently diagnosed with autism within the past Mm -hmm. year. And we're gonna talk about what our perceptions are about what it means to us as parents. So, you know, just before we get started as a refresher, autism by definition is a lifelong developmental disability it's characterized by challenges uh, challenges with communication, verbal and nonverbal, socialization, all those things that come naturally to us when interacting with others that don't come, they don't really come naturally to those with autism, and repetitive behaviors or stims, hand flapping, lining things up, uh, spinning, preoccupations with certain things. And we know that the intensity of these symptoms will run from mild to severe and everything in between. And I'm going to emphasize again, like I did before, that when you've met one person with autism, you have met one person with autism. So it really helps to take time to get to know them as, as an individual. So um, stemming from the, this technical definition, I, I'd like to break it down to see what it really looks like to us personally when we, when we talk about each one of these things. So Angela, I want to start with the communication sure. aspect of it. Um, so with autism, you can have somebody who's nonverbal and has Minimal skills in communicating. You can have somebody who's nonverbal but can communicate in sentences, paragraphs, write books um, using assistive technology like an iPad. And you have others who talk
1: nonstop. So you have a two year old son. So tell me mm-hmm. how he communicates. So right now we are to a point where he is communicating in three to five word sentences. Uh, The thing that initially cued us that there was an issue Mm -hmm. with Axton a year ago was that he stopped communicating completely. He lost all of his words. He did lose some words. Okay. He went from having about 10 words that he would use to having no words and just pointing and yelling when he wanted something. Was it rapid? It was. It was in within like maybe a month. He went from having words to having absolutely no words. Wow. Um, which led to trips to the pediatrician because we thought Mm -hmm. maybe he had a hearing problem. Sure, Um, He was very young when he was diagnosed. We first took him to the pediatrician at 15 months. Right, which you don't Um, have that, that
0: young. So you knew, you had that mommy (laughs) gut. We we knew
1: something was wrong when he stopped talking. Sure. um, Which was super frustrating for him because he used to be able to tell us Mm -hmm. basic things that he needed, and now he couldn't at all. Um, The first thing we did was get him into speech therapy with a Mm -hmm. specialist. Best thing we could ever have done. And we started off teaching him signs. Mm -hmm. And those signs settled him enough to be able to focus on, okay, these signs mean something, there's a word that goes with them, and it led Mm -hmm. to using one word to request things. And quickly led to using two words to request things, and now we're eleven months from when he started that initial therapy, mm-hmm. and he's at small sentences. That's
0: amazing. And you,
1: you you gave him that bridge because it's
0: not always about the words; it's about the communication. Absolutely. You know how do you do it? So whether it's signs or you know that that's amazing. I know with my son, he, he same as, as yours. He lost his words. He had about like ten at uh, ten months, and by eighteen months, they were gone. And you could actually rather than like kind of cold turkey, you could actually hear his regression. And I I always tell the story of, you know, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. You could hear him do ashes and went to ash, to ah, and then to nothing. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't hear a single word until he was five. So by 18 months gone and then nothing. And so we were really gearing ourselves up to like, this kid is never going to talk again. Mm -hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden he would start to whisper things. And, you know, now... You know, your yours is a verbal chatty guy. Oh, is he? Yeah. My mine's <laughs> minimal. The minimal mm-hmm. conversation. and he's also sixteen, which doesn't help. You know, so it's it's getting my needs met. Mm-hmm. You know, mommy, may I have a cookie please? You know, and, and conversation mm-hmm. is uh it's it's not there. He he can't do it yet. It's very scripted, it's very rehearsed and uh I know your guy he's that's what he's working on too just being more back and forth with that communication
1: we're we're to the point where we're like okay now we need to get that back and forth kind of conversation going I was just so excited when he was able to come up and tell me that he needed a drink I was like okay we're not screaming and we're not throwing things I will Mm -hmm. get you a drink
0: it is those little (laughs) things those little things that make you appreciate Mm -hmm. you know you know and how hard he's working too you know and like with communication it, it at least to socialization, they kind of go hand in hand. And I think that's one of the most challenging things when it comes to autism. I mean, first you have the communication issue, which you got to figure out how to work, you know, how to work, maybe from your brain to your mouth, you know, and, but then you have to figure out all those social interactions and all those, those rules, things Mm -hmm. that you and I, we just figured out, like, we know how to read facial expressions and interpret body language and tone of voice. And for them, it's, it's it's hard it is just so not natural they have to be taught so even though your son is is young he's Mm -hmm. two i mean but they have fiery personalities you know how
1: is he with socializing he's getting much better and that is definitely one of the things we've had to work on with him he for a long time wouldn't look at anybody he wouldn't respond to people when they would say their name or Mm -hmm. you know try to talk to him he would just kind of zone out and it was like nobody else was in the room with him um we have worked really hard with his therapists and and my husband and myself Mm -hmm. to get him to respond to people and to interact with people Mm -hmm. and to be able to even just sit next to somebody and play kind of side by side so that parallel play right so there's there's some more communication Mm -hmm. other than just verbal that he's he can see these cues from other people who are near him and, and playing and what they're doing and start to learn from that as well.
0: Yeah. And I, when we were talking in earlier, you know, I, I my big misconception was that kids on the spring, well, they don't have affection. They don't have empathy. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and that's not the case. And, and how about your little guy? Yeah. Oh,
1: that was the scariest thing for me. Like I remember telling my husband, like one day he's going to stop letting me hug him. Nope. <laughs> and he is like, the opposite of that. If, if you can meet my son, he is like, he will hug just about everybody in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really is. And I, I still worry about that sometimes that, okay, what if this comes up when he's older, but not so much anymore. But that was, I think, one of my biggest fears because that was one of the things I heard the most was they don't want to be touched. People with autism don't want to be touched. They don't want to be bothered. They just want to be left alone in their little world with their little things that they have that they're comfortable with.
0: Right. And it's not really how their brains work. It's they just don't know how to do it. So it's easy to shut yourself off until somebody takes that effort and teaches you how to do it yeah my son is not I think if even if he didn't have autism I don't think he's the most social guy to begin with but he is a snuggle bug too it's just unfortunate that he's almost six feet and still thinks he has the body of a three-year-old so (laughs) but yeah I'll take it you know I I don't care you know so you know why do you think it's so crucial that people understand about the challenges of socialization for those with autism like
1: I think that people hear an autism diagnosis and automatically assume that that's somebody who just wants to be left alone and so they don't include them mm-hmm. in social activities or they don't, you know, if you go to a birthday party with one child, maybe they, they're not participating with the group of kids because they're a little intimidated and rather than make an attempt, they go, okay, well, that child's got autism. We're just going to let them sit over there by themselves. Right. I think it's important for people to know that maybe if you just tell them, Oh, come on over here and let's do this kinda together or show them what you're doing a little bit slowed down or right. give them an option to be a part of the group that they really would enjoy doing that and learn from the other kids who are participating. Yeah and
0: and you know what you think not only do you have to teach your child how to socialize you have to teach everybody else how to socialize with your child so you know you have to wear two hats with that because i think people want to they just don't know how and oh yeah you know they're not trying to be mean they just don't know any better so that's why we're here right <laughs> <You know? laughs> um but the, the other aspect repetitive behaviors. so um just for everybody out there so repetitive behaviors are often used as uh a coping mechanism to what's going on in the world around. So, uh, you know, we might bite our nails or twist our hair. You might see things like hand flapping or lining things up or spinning. My son is in a phase where he touches certain things every couple of seconds, and that'll go away, and then there'll be something else. Credits are a big thing. He loves to watch credits roll after a movie. Um, I almost call it like a coffee break. Like they need that break mm-hmm. to just kind of deal. So. Do you see that with with your son? That something that gives him comfort. I do. Like
1: that? He he's um, very physical, so okay. he likes to jump and to climb on things. Okay, uh, and he sings nursery rhymes, and he will sing the same nursery rhyme fifty times in a row. Right. And usually if you kind of redirect him to something else, then that kind of slows down. But he definitely does have things that he does repetitively that we can tell just from being around him so much that maybe the TV is too loud Mm -hmm. or there's a light on that's too bright. Something that is causing him to do all of this over and over and over again a lot of times it's he's ready for a nap and he doesn't want to lay down and so he starts singing his nursery rhymes yeah over and over and over again yeah and throwing himself over the back of the sofa, right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i know um like with pete when we first knew something was up Uh, he had this drum that would light up and he would sit in the corner and just look at those flashing lights all the time. You know, and and then we figured out, okay, this is what it is. So it was comforting. And I think the one key thing that I learned is that, you know, they're doing it to cope. You know, Mm -hmm. the the problem is we can do it for a little bit. Sometimes if you let them go, they'll do it all day. Mm -hmm. But if they're in the middle of an anxiety inducing situation you don't always want to s- say stop it because you're stressing them out even more and they're doing it so they're not stressing you out yeah. even more so I think that's a key thing key thing to keep in mind um, I I think with looking at all three of these things, you've given a nice overview of just you know just the basics of what's out there with this mm-hmm. definition. I know we could probably talk for hours with this kind of thing, <laughs> but I, I hope you know that we scratched the surface on what autism is and provided a good overview. So real quick, real quick at the end here, um, before we sign off, is uh, if, so if you were in charge. Of the whole universe which would be awesome right (laughs) and you can set the rules i know (laughs) and you can set the rules for society what would your expectations be for the community at large when it comes to autism you have to do this
1: i think just (laughs) take the time to talk to people Mm -hmm. talk to parents talk Mm -hmm. to kids talk to adults with autism who have Mm -hmm. been living with it for years Mm -hmm. and and really take the time to find out that you know what you think is a person with autism is probably not at all the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, you may think one thing about somebody who has autism and assume that that's the same for everybody, Mm -hmm. and it really isn't. And most of the people that I have come across who have kids with autism who have had it for years themselves really just want people to know that they, they are just like everybody else. They want to work and have friends and go out and do things, and it, sometimes it just takes a little bit different way of doing it. Right. Just take
0: the time and, and learn. Ask. I think that's, that's perfectly perfectly said. Well, thank you so much for your insights you. and for being here. Um, till we meet again. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. This is Autism Society of Berks County Inspiration and Impact. For more information, visit us at AutismSocietyOfBerksCounty.org, join our Facebook page, Autism Society of Berks County Members Group, and check us out on Twitter, at Berks Autism.